0: Welcome back to Inspired. My name is Kimberly Winston and I'm sitting in for Umbreen Khan this week. We've been learning about the inspiration behind an event called Solarize for people who work at the intersection of faith, spirituality, and social change. Solarize was held in May for the first time in about 10 years and came out of a partnership between several nonprofits. They were the Presencing Institute, Co Creative, and the Ashoka Foundation. My next guest is Anne Borden-Evans. She is the co-leader of Ashoka's Spiritual Changemakers Initiative, which helped stage Solarize, and she was also a participant in its small group discussions. I reached Anne at Ashoka's offices in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show. Let me start by asking, how did Solarize come on your radar?
1: Yeah, well, we offered a thing called the Masterclass for Faith Inspired Change Makers back in 2021, and we took applications from all over the world, and we had 140 people from 22 countries. And one of the people who showed up was a man named Spencer Burke, <laughs> and we learned um, what a force Spencer is, and it was just uh, a fantastic opportunity to meet him and see the kind of spiritual change making he had been engaged in for many years. And he was part of a cohort that we led of 70 people initially, and then a a smaller lab that we ran for about uh, 10 people um, that continued for the rest of the year. And so we got to know each other very well through that and began to see how we could work together. And this was really for us a dream come true, because our whole idea was that we would find people with whom we could co-create this movement to try to lift up spiritual entrepreneurs to kind of counter the narrative that's out there of division and dissolution and brokenness in faith. And so for us, um, the spiritual change makers like Spencer are really the ones who are building a new direction and a new narrative for what faith can look like in the future.
0: And one of the things that you said, I think at the very first opening plenary session, was you all felt that the time was absolutely right. For another solarized conference. What were you seeing that made you come to that conclusion?
1: Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that we at Ashoka have been seeing for some time is that the world is in an increasing period of change. And so one of the things we realized was that in the world of faith, where this is more evident than in many other sectors uh, of the world, the people in the normal workaday part of their lives are in a situation where they have all the information in the world at their fingertips and can communicate instantly with everybody they want to communicate with, are not interested in being in a structure that is rigid, top-down, and does not allow them the freedom to be and choose everything they want to choose and be and think. (laughs) And so one of the things that we realized is that if there was ever a sector more ready for a new wave of thinking, it was really the faith and spirituality sector. We could see from all the many people who study this subject that people were leaving in droves. And we also think this is a great loss to society if faith does not see that there are people within and people around who can help it rethink this and save what's beautiful and wonderful about these traditions, and yet carry that forward in a wonderful way into the day we live in now, which is a world of immense change. Um, so we felt it was really, really important to begin to find those change makers. We knew they were out there, you know, because there have been spiritual changemakers since time began. You could argue that Jesus was one. Uh, Muhammad, all of these folks have been changemakers creating new ways of being. Every tradition had a day one. And so we know that this is not something brand new, but we also know that it's something that it, in the media and in the conversation of our time is being ignored the whole conversation is about something very, very different. It's about the politicization of religion. It's about the brokenness and division among us. You know, we felt that there's a really a different narrative here that's going on, but it's just not being seen and heard. So one of our goals is really to create this new lived narrative because, I mean, it's out there, it is being done, but a lot of the people didn't see each other. If these folks are going to create this new lived narrative, they need to see each other. And so we felt, okay, let's talk to Spencer. And, and he said, I am totally up for this.
0: Let's give our listeners a sample of some of the brain trust that was in that room.
1: The whole idea that we formed the structure of the Solarize event around was that there are common causes of all kinds. And we chose a handful around which we saw sort of a gathering of spirits around those. We saw people organizing, obviously, around the idea of what is the future in faith? You know, what's that look like? Then we saw those gathering around the intersection of the issue of planet and climate and faith, migration. We also had a thing we call new longevity, which is the idea of thriving across the lifespan. We have empowered youth and children, which we believe is a critical part of how we bring power to everybody. And also equity and justice. There was a very big contingent in equity and justice as well. And, and as you know, um, people of faith have been active in um, equity and justice movements for a very long time, all the way from uh, Gandhi to Martin Luther King Jr. and all the folks who hit the streets to support Black Lives Matter movement and others. Those six groups together at Solarize.
0: Where everybody worked in these different things, but there was an intersection with either faith or spirituality or both.
1: Yes, exactly. So in every case, we're very interested in that place where faith and spirituality meet the issue, and so, you know, we have we have fellows who do this kind of work beautifully, like Fletcher Harper, who formed a thing called Green Faith, which is now all over the world. And we had a member of his team from Indonesia who visited, someone named Henning Pawati. Henning is amazing. She is working in Indonesia, which is, of course, a country that is facing severe climate threats. She has been working with our team there. And she is also part of an organization called Mohammedia. And Mohamedia is a part of the sort of, Structure of society in Indonesia. It has schools, it has women's groups, it has youth groups, and it it is a force in society with millions and millions of members all over the country.
0: And it's connected to Islam?
1: Yes, and Indonesia is a predominantly Islamic country. But when we started doing our work in Indonesia, one of the beautiful things we saw happening was that out on one of the outer islands, two people who had participated in the faith inspired masterclass ended up getting together and working because we brought them together around the issue of climate. And they said to us, you know, for years, people invite us to to interfaith gatherings, but the only topic we have to talk about there is peace building. And she said, we can talk about peace building. We have a great conversation and then we go home, but it's too big. Whereas we can take climate and there are things we can do in our community together that get us working together right away. Having something tangible to work on together really brings people together across these differences of particularities of faith. Tell me about
0: someone in the United States, Shoshama Austin
1: Connor. Yeah, Shoshama Austin Connor. She uh, joined a thing called Faith Matters Network, which is run by Ashoka fellow Jen Bailey, and she serves as their program officer. She has a beautiful, deep background in being in Princeton Theological Seminary and running. Um, Black Theology and Leadership Institute and beautiful things. But what they are doing at Faith Matters is they're bringing together all those people who are activists and putting them together with resources for connection, for sustainability of their spirit during this hard work that they're doing. And they're using this to go alongside people who are combating intergenerational poverty, systemic racism, all the structures that make Life difficult for people of color in our country. She came representing that organization and and also herself as a leader and was able to contribute in the equity group uh, in important ways because she's seen the stresses that people who are on the front lines of activism experience. Mm. And so that's the kind of thing where we felt, you know, making connection with her was an important, important thing uh, for her to be able to do um, with others who are also working at the front lines of of equity and justice. Ashoka
0: has been around for a little bit over 40 years, am I correct? That's right, yeah. And you do a lot of things with um, social entrepreneurs and the spiritual change makers
1: aspect of Ashoka. How old is that particular part it's about five years old. Yeah. We, we first began doing some work and thinking about it very early work in, in maybe 2016, but, but got a little bit more intense in, intensive in 17. And, um, and by 18, we were actively piloting some ideas. And out of that has actually come a, a wonderful thing called the Changemakers Initiative being run by a group out of California that we worked with.
0: And tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So in 2018, we had floated a, a white paper. And uh, Reverend Catholic McShane, who was the pastor of the Los Altos United Methodist Church, invited us and said, I really want to do this in my church. And we worked out a plan for how we would run a year-long fellowship, offering the opportunity for members of that church who were interested in a change-making idea that they were carrying around with them. Um, And we would support them through that one year, offer them the skills of change-making that we had uh, understood through our work at Ashoka, and also guide them in partnership with Kathy and, the, and others at the church in their spiritual journey as change makers. Our exploration was, what is this boundary between changemaking and spirituality? And how are they informing one another? And one of the things we discovered is it's, it's very much a two-way street that changemakers can deepen their thinking about how to proceed as changemakers by being in touch with their spirituality. And at the same time, those who are spiritual people are going to find that their calling can be realized if they have the skills to go carry it out in the world. And this is something that we spoke about it at Solarize, is that you have to start with this understanding that what people need in this world of rapid change is a sense of wholeness. Because we're really tired of being one person in one space and being an entirely different person in another space. And so if we can be our one person with our whole spiritual, mental, physical, emotional selves, all present at one time. There's a great sense of relief that comes from that. And the process of doing that, we discovered that this was something that was very important for change making because it gives you, if you're whole, if you start with being whole and you, you have a system that acknowledges that need in people and is built to sustain them that way, then you are actually helping them be better change makers. We worked with that group in Los Altos through the course of a year. And out of that came uh, this idea um, that the church itself would start a process of helping other churches become changemaker churches. And it essentially flips the church from a position of saying, hey, we have some programs, you ought to sign up for something and do something with us, to, hey, you're a changemaker, what do you want to do and how can we support you? And that's a completely upside down way of thinking about it, but how empowering. Why is
0: faith, spirituality, and religion, why is it the secret sauce? Well, I
1: would have to tell you that I don't think religion is in that slash. And that is because? And that is because, to many people, it sends them on a journey that reminds them of things that they don't really appreciate about faith and spirituality in today's world. So when we say religion in this framework, we mean Organized hierarchical religion. And it's not that people of faith don't have a religion. They do, many of them, but not all of them. But because we know there is a new system emerging that will hold faith and spirituality within it, uh, then we we don't want to get tied into saying religion because that has a structure to it that is mainly not the structure that we're heading toward.
0: Why is faith and spirituality?
1: The secret sauce. Well, for people for whom that is an important part of their identity, they almost can't work without it. You know, and so what we recognized is, and even the Pew studies show this, that there are about 85% of the people who say, you know, God is important in my life. And so we know that there's this, there's this large portion of society that actually feels that there is a divine something. There is a larger than me something with whom I can identify. And for people who feel that this need to integrate your spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical selves is very, very powerful. If you leave spirit aside or if you're forced to put it aside by your circumstances of context, it's painful and it, 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 it causes anxiety and distress. You know, 500 people have joined our community by being engaged in change making in various ways. And, and so. We see with these people this immense sense of relief and and hunger to be with others who are also on that kind of journey, who are willing to say, yes, this is who I am in my whole self. And so we believe that there is real special power for those people in this. So we see it working really on these three levels, the what I do, the how I do it, and the how I cope with the stresses and strains of doing it. We've been in direct observation of our Ashoka Fellows and how they do this, and we see, you know, examples like uh, Karen Sai, who has uh, an amazing program where she puts the whole idea of loving your enemy mm. into actual action. She goes to places where police abuse is a huge issue, and she's a worldwide organization in justice. And she goes to people who are the perpetrators of violence. Mm. And gets them to begin to heal that violence. And that's a thought that doesn't come to somebody unless they bring it from a spiritual source. So it shaped what she did. And then the way she does it is she works with faith communities and draws them in because they have an intuitive understanding of this notion. And she galvanizes them to help do the work. Mm. She actually is a, I think a universalist minister by training. And so she has drawn on that, um, to help her sustain herself in the midst of all the challenging work that she does.
0: At Ashoka, you have identified three different kinds of spiritual change makers. Tell me what those
1: three kinds are. Well, we see spiritual innovators, we call them. And those are people who are kind of creating new modes, new ways of being spiritual uh, or faithful or uh, gathering people in community. And then we see social entrepreneurs who are motivated by their faith we see institutional entrepreneurs who are driving change inside organizations, often religious organizations, sometimes interfaith organizations. And we, we see those as being sort of the main uh, arenas in which we see these people showing up. As, as important as it was for these players to see each other, it's also important for them to be seen and heard and to re- have it be recognized that that they are doing the work of rebuilding and then reinventing that's going to create whatever this fresh new thing is that's emerging you know and and faith and spirituality are not going away our traditions are not going to die they're going to be reborn in some beautiful ways and that's what we see happening and it's happening all over the world because we had 20 different countries represented at solarize
0: i would say in the last 5 or 6 years as the country's grown more divided there's at least some people that point to religion as one of the problems. How do you at Ashoka
1: work to combat that perception? We're a secular organization, you know, so it's kind of an interesting thing that we, a secular organization, are doing this work. I understand that. It seems like, wow, how did this happen? Um, but here's the, here's the fundamental values that we, we depend on. Everyone is precious. Everyone is powerful. Everyone is deserving of love and respect. And change making, we define as putting love and respect in action for the good of all. So, if you're doing that, we'd love to know you. And we'd love to help you be bigger and do more and be seen. And that's what we do. So, if you are dividing, If you are against some type of person, we do not invite you into our world. And that's kind of how we manage it. We say, this is who we are. And so if you're uncomfortable with that, you can leave now. (laughs) Um, But we're going to build the future with people for whom those values are central, because we believe that's about the goodness in the world. And that's about creating solutions where other people see problems.
0: At Ashoka and Solarize there was an emphasis on fostering youth-led endeavors that were also, you know, based in faith. Wow. Tell me why there is an emphasis placed on youth-led at Ashoka and at Solarize.
1: Well, one of the beautiful things about young people is they don't have all of the fixed structures in their mind that, that those of us who are older have. So they have wonderful ideas. And I also think that we care about uh, them being able to see the beauty, and I think what those of us who have been spiritual all our lives and, and truly appreciate that, um, we, we, we want them to have that same beautiful experience that we've had, but they may need to come at it from a different way. So we need to listen and understand what is the way that makes sense to them. We have to recognize that they are powerful, they have wonderful ideas. Often, they are treated as mere vessels to be filled and that is the thing that turns them off faster than anything if you come to them with that idea that i you, i need to just teach you and tell you everything that that's important that i've learned forget it that's not going to work and so just for efficacy i think it's really important to create an atmosphere in which young people can lead and the other thing that's really important is if they discover that in themselves you know they're 12 they're even eight or 16, and they have an experience that shows them that they can step into a situation and solve a problem, they won't forget that they know how to do that. And so they are going to be people who throughout their lives can show up as change makers when there's that problem there that calls their name, you know, and they'll know how to do it and they'll have the confidence that they can do it. And so I think for all of us, it's part of our responsibility as parents, as grandparents, as as elders or friends or cousins or aunts or uncles to make it possible for the young people in our lives to have that sense of themselves as confident players who have something to contribute. Because that's really what it means to raise change makers. That's
0: all for this week's show. If you're interested in finding out more about our guests, Spencer Burke and Ann Borden-Evans, head over to this episode's page on our website at www.interfaithradio.org. While you are there, you can also learn about us, read the show notes, sign up for our newsletter, and explore the archives. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or by searching Interfaith Voices in the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, you can help us by leaving a rating and a review. It helps others find us. This week's episode was produced by me, Kimberly Winston, Kevin McCarthy, and Umbreen Khan. Thanks to our founder, Maureen Fiedler, for her vision, and MC Yogi for our theme music. Additional music was by Blue Dot Sessions and Audio Binger. Inspired is a production of Interfaith Voices we rely on the generous support of our listeners to bring you this show. I'm Kimberly Winston. Thanks for listening.